Well, good morning, everybody. It's really great to see you this morning, and I uh, I missed you last Sunday. I was with my daughter, helping her get her new home ready. She just bought her first home. She lives in Arkansas, and we had a wonderful time with her. But I was able to join you online, which was really cool, uh, last week. And Jana just did a great job bringing the word uh, last week, and so that was so good. Uh, and it's really good to be back home again. I'm really excited about this week. This is a, this is a special week on the um, on the calendar. Uh, we, it's called Palm Sunday. It's the Sunday. It's the it's the Sunday before Easter, and it's kind of interesting because Easter and Palm Sunday are both very jubilant, exciting um, Sundays. In between is all hell breaks loose, literally. Jesus goes to the cross um, during the, the week to come. Of course, it ends with resurrection, which we'll, which we'll do next week, which will be really exciting. But, you know, today I, I just, uh, um, I might ask you to get a little bit out of your comfort zones. We've got palms here, and on the first Easter Sunday, how many know that they waved palm branches when they, during the worship time? So there may be a time during the sermon today when I pass out palm branches, and it would be really good if you'd play along. You know, the other when I was on this week, we also went to a conference and we had cotton candy that was wrapped around these things. It was really awesome, and I was thinking this was like modern palm branches. You know, if we all had glow sticks this morning, but uh, it was a, it was a very very exciting event. And I'm really excited about the word that God's uh, given me to share with you today. Um, and it's from Luke chapter 19. I've really enjoyed this series, Beauty to Ashes. But Luke chapter 19 and beginning with, with verse 28, Jesus had just told them a story. And, and then it's like everything changes after he tells the story. And I just want you to listen to it. After telling the story... Jesus went on toward Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. Now, it's interesting. A lot of times when Jesus walked, he walked in the middle of his disciples. But it's very interesting at this point that Jesus is no longer walking like with some of the disciples ahead of him, some of them behind, but Jesus is leading the charge right now. So he's up in front of his disciples, walking ahead, and he comes to the town of Bethphage and Bethany, on the Mount of Olives, and he sent two disciples up ahead. And it's interesting, you know, because Jesus, when you read Jesus, he's a kind of mild-mannered, laid-back and all that, but but now you see kind of a not-laid-back Jesus. He starts getting very directive. He says, go into that village over there, and as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. That really... That really stands out to me that he wanted a donkey that no one had ever ridden before. And what really, and this is really the message this morning, what really stood out to me about that is that no one has ever ridden what I'm going to ride. No one has ever gone where I'm going to go. What is getting ready to happen has never been done in the history of humanity before. And the message title today is Unprecedented. This was unprecedented. Jesus was getting 
ready to do something that had never been done before, go somewhere where no one had ever gone before. And so he says, I'm not going to need just any donkey for this one. I need one that has never been ridden on before. Untie it, he said, bring it. If anyone says, why are you untying the colt? You just tell them the Lord needs it. Isn't that interesting? Can you just imagine you've got a donkey and someone walks up to you and says, Hey, I'm untying your, you know, this is not his donkey. This is someone else's. And, uh, and, 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 and when they're asked to, to explain why Jesus is taking it, just tell them the Lord needs it. This is, this is the Lord. The Lord needs a donkey. And, uh, and so just tell them that the Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus. Let's see. Uh, and, and, and right after this, and sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked them, why are you untying that colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. And apparently that was enough. I don't know what, I don't know if it was the tone in their voice. I don't know if the Holy Spirit had prompted them that, 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 uh, that, that, that someone's going to come and do it. But for whatever reason, I just can't imagine why they gave him the donkey. Oh, the Lord needs it. That's enough. There was something, there was some, there was a change in the atmosphere that was going on. The Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus, threw their garments over it for him to ride. And as he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. Some of the past, some of the other gospels say that they also took palm branches off and began waving them uh, in front of him. As he rode along, the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead. And when he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God, for all the wonderful miracles that they had seen. Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees, seeing the crowd, said, Teacher, your followers, uh, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. Shut them up. Do you hear what they're saying? They're saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And Jesus replied, if these keep quiet, the stones along the road will burst into cheers. Jesus said, if these keep quiet, you're going to see the first rock concert you ever saw. These rocks are going to start singing. These rocks are going to start cheering. They're going to get uh, excited. So Palm Sunday, if you're taking notes this morning, moves us from the present to the un." Unprecedented. Palm Sunday moves us from the present time to the unprecedented time. And the presence of Jesus called for unprecedented praise. They were praising God in such an unbelievable, unprecedented way. They were praising Jesus in such an unprecedented way that the Pharisees said, Call off the dogs, Jesus. Get them, get, get them out of here. They're, 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 uh, they, they've gone too far now. They're saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Isaiah said, for since the world began, no ear has heard, no eye has seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. How many know that our God is unprecedented? Amen. There's no one like him. There's no one beside him. Psalm 145.3 said, Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. 
No one can measure his greatness. Did, did, did you ever wonder? Did you ever wonder why there was such a crowd in Jerusalem this day? Passover wasn't until Thursday. Passover in the church world, it's sometimes called Maundy Thursday. The reason it's called Maundy is, is there's a Latin word uh, that we get our word mandate from or commandment from on Maundy Thursday. On Thursday at the Passover, he says, A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. That's what's going to happen on Thursday night at the Passover. But why is there such a crowd uh, four days before in Jerusalem? The reason there's such a crowd in Jerusalem four days before the Passover is because uh, the Jewish people, it was by law, required that they would choose their Passover lamb four days before the Passover. And so this Sunday before the Passover was Selection Sunday. Imagine, if you will, all of the people who had regular places where they would sell their sheep, where they would sell their lambs. They're all out there selling their lambs. But on this day, I imagine that there were some other vendors that got involved and uh, began setting up their stands and they began uh, uh, selling sheep. I could see Shem's shiny sheep. I just imagine that there's a guy, he's got sheep that he's signing, uh, that, that he's selling, and then there's Levi's lovely lambs. Levi's lovely lambs. I see a, I see a stand where Levi is selling some lovely lambs, and then I see Pazit's perfect Passover lambs. And, uh, and, and, uh, and they're all bragging about how perfect their lambs are. Shems are shiny. Levi's are lovely. Pazits are perfect. But you know the truth of it is, the truth of it is, if you went and inspected all of those lambs, as lovely as they were, as shiny as they were, as seemingly uh, faultless as they were, if you looked closely, you could find a mole here. You could find a cut here. You could find a scratch there. Because there are no perfect lambs. Let me just say, there are no perfect lambs except that when Jesus one day came walking along and John the Baptist saw him while he was teaching. He stopped what he was doing and he pointed at Jesus and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is an unprecedented Lamb. This is not like one of Shem's shiny sheep. This is not like one of Levi's lovely lambs. This was the perfect Lamb of God and what he was doing was unprecedented. Somebody give God praise this morning. Amen. Unprecedented. Unprecedented. Hallelujah. Jesus, the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. So the deal was on, on the, why were they buying lambs? The reason they were buying lambs and the reason you had to have a lamb on the Passover is because uh, when, when, when God's people came out of Egypt, uh, maybe you remember the story. Maybe if you didn't even read it in the Bible, maybe you saw the movie. But, uh, but, but you had to prepare a lamb. And, and, when, when, uh, and then you had to take some of the blood from that lamb and you had to put the blood over the doorpost. And if you had the blood on the doorpost when, when the plagues were coming on Egypt and all of the firstborn were be, being killed, that if the blood was on the doorpost above your house, that the death angel would pass over. That's what's going on in Jerusalem right now. They're getting ready to celebrate the Passover. They're getting ready to celebrate the time when the death angel 
came by and when God's people were spared because they had um, the blood that was over them. But, but Hebrews tells us this. Hebrews tells us that day after day, every priest would, 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 would come and, and they would sacrifice these lambs, but never were any of these lambs able to forgive sins. All that they could do was roll your sins forward for another year. Why? Because they were not perfect lambs. They were not spotless lambs. But when Jesus came along, he was the chosen, unprecedented, spotless lamb of God. And when he died on the cross, amen. If you have the blood of Jesus over the doorpost of your heart, hallelujah, that when the death angel passed, when death is going to come to all of us, but we're going to go to heaven to be with him because he's the spotless lamb of God, amen. Some of you aren't awake yet. You need to get excited about that. That's just, that's just exciting. Amen? Yes. He, this is unprecedented. Unprecedented. Hallelujah. This was unprecedented because Jesus was unprecedented perfection. Why are the people so excited? Because there's something better than Levi's lovely lambs. There's something better than Shem's shiny sheep. When they see Jesus coming down, something ignites in them. We've never seen anything like this. He's riding on a a donkey that's never been ridden before. He's going on a journey that's never been going on before. It's unprecedented. These were people of the book, and they loved Moses. And Moses was magnificent, but there's no one There's no one like Jesus. Hallelujah. David was dedicated, but there's no one. There's no one like Jesus. Daniel was delightful, but there's no one like Jesus. Elijah was illustrious, but no one compares to Jesus. Amen. He was the spotless lamb of God. Amen, 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 amen. What were they doing? What were they doing when they were praising Jesus? The scripture says they were praising God for the miracles that he had done. No doubt Lazarus was in that crowd who had been raised from the dead. No doubt there were blind people who had received their sight back. No doubt there were people in that crowd who'd received their hearing. They praised God for unprecedented miracles in the past. I wish I had some instruments to help me this morning. You guys going to sit here and look at me or are you going to help me preach this morning? Come on, Brother Reese. Get on this organ this morning. You know, my kids say about me, anyone ever heard, and this is not a racial slur, but anyone ever heard what an Oreo is? You know what an Oreo is? An Oreo is an, as a black person, they say, who's white on the inside. And, they, and so some people criticize me and they call them Oreos. My family has always criticized me for being the opposite of an Oreo. I'm like having the cream on the outside and black on the inside. I might be white on the outside, but I got a black heart. Some of you already knew that. But, but uh, and my kids have accused me of being prejudiced against white people. But it's not true. Some of my best friends are white people. But there's no one. There's no one like Jesus. There's no one. There's no one like him. Well, there's no one. Sing it. There's no one. got a rip 
just take a praise break in the middle of this sermon. How many want some uh, palms that you'd like to wave? And just get on your feet and like, could we just join the, uh, could we just join the crowd this morning? And I need, uh, I need some drums back there. There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no one like Him. I need to find him. There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no one like Him. I got to teach our church how to clap, all right? You know how white people clap? There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. You know, if we were in an African-American church this morning, you know how they'd be clapping? There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. You don't clap on the on beat, you clap on the off beat, all right? Can, Can you do that? And wave a palm at the same time? Probably not, huh? Let's just take a clapping lesson, all right? Let's, 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 get, let's get some drums going. There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. There's no one, there's no one like Him. There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. neighbor and say over. I've walked and walked all over, over. I've turned and turned all over, over. I've searched and searched all over, over. There's no one, there's no one. If we're in Africa, we say, Hakuna Mungu, come away. Thank you for the praise break. You did a great job this morning. If you're taking notes this morning, praise participates in an unprecedented future that will far supersede the past. Praise participates in an unprecedented future that will far outseed the past. Let me, let me say it another way. You've heard this before. How many have ever heard this? Past performance 
is not an indicator of future results. Have you ever heard that? Past, they'll say that about your stocks. However your stocks have done in the past, it's no indicator of future results. But can I just say that when God gets involved in your life, no matter how your life has been, you've been through the divorce, past, your past situation is no indicator of what God's future is for you. Amen. You've been through the addiction, your past situation is no indicator of future results. Here's what I want to say about what the crowd was doing this morning, because frankly, I have preached this sermon uh, differently sometimes in the past, and I think I've misunderstood it. Because a lot of times I lambast the crowd, and I say these same people who were praising Jesus on Sunday are saying crucify him on Friday. You ever heard that, said that? The, 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 the fickleness of the crowd. Here they are on Palm Sunday. They're praising Jesus. And by Friday, they're going to be saying, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. But, but, but understand this. The reason I can't interpret it that way is because when the Pharisees tried to shut the crowd up, which is what you should do if the people aren't really getting it, Jesus said, don't you dare stop these people from praising me. Because if they stop praising me, the rocks themselves are going to cry out. Here's what I want to share with you this morning. That sometimes when we praise the Lord, we are praising the Lord for things that we don't even know that we're praising him for. Jana talked last week about somebody who broke an alabaster box at Jesus' feet, and a whole pound of the most expensive perfume was laid at his feet. And people misunderstood, and they said, stop her. Stop her from what she's doing. And Jesus said, you don't know it, but I'm, let me just add something to it. She probably didn't even know it. But that when she was praising Jesus... Jesus was receiving that praise, and he said, you, you think that she's being inappropriate, but she's doing this for my burial. She doesn't, she doesn't even know what she's up to. Let me just tell you something this morning, that if we could imagine what Jesus was doing when we're praising God this morning, sometimes we're just trying to make a one-to-one -one connection. God, I'm praising you this morning because once I was lost, but now I'm found. I'm praising you this morning because once I was sick, but now I'm healed. But what Jesus is indicating this morning is these people are praising me for something that so far exceeds what they can understand. That, that what's happened in their past, the healing that God's done in your life, the, the release from addiction that he's done for you, that's a wonderful thing. But I can just tell, can I tell you this morning that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those that love him this morning. Amen. When we praise the Lord, we are praising him for stuff we can't even imagine. And so gee, they may have been, they may have had wrong motives. They may have been praising him for being their king that's going to overthrow the, 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 the Romans. But Jesus didn't receive it that way. He received it and that, that praise was going to propel him through the pain of 
of the passion and it was going to propel him to the power of Easter. Amen. That the, the praise that they were doing was going to bring him through Holy Week and they had no idea what God was going to do. Can I just tell you something? I've been here six years now at the church. We've seen God do good things. But can I just tell you, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, because past performance is no indicator of future results. If we could only imagine, if we could only see what God has in store for us, amen, we would praise God in such an unprecedented way. Somebody said amen this morning. Amen. Amen. There's no one like Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Are you awake yet this morning? Amen. Praise God in, uh, in an unprecedented, uh, praise participates in an unprecedented future that God has for us. When we praise God, we are participating in mysteries that we have no idea James Allen Francis wrote a poem about Jesus. I need some help, brother. Come on, Reese. Reese is a little shy. Could you encourage him this morning? Come on, Reese. Come on, Reese. If I can do it, you can do it. Give me a give me a chord. He was born in an obscure village. Oh. He was the child of a peasant. There you go. He grew up in another village where he worked as a carpenter until he was 30 years old. Then for three years, he was an itinerant preacher. There you go. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never had a family or owned a home. He didn't go to college. He never lived in a big city. He never even traveled 200 miles from the place he was born. He did none of the things that usually accompany greatness. He had no credentials all by himself. He was only 33 years old when the public opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. One of them denied him. He was turned over to his enemies and went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves. While he was dying, his executioners gambled for his garments. The only property he had on earth, when he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. Twenty centuries have come and gone, and today he's the central figure of the human race. I am well within the mark when I say that all the armies that have ever marched and all the navies that have ever set sail, all the rulers that have ever ruled have not affected the life on earth like this one solitary life. He's unprecedented. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. This Friday, we're going to take the Passover together, and we're going to see we're going to see some symbols. We're going to see the lamb, and we're going to have lamb on. By, by the way, I hope you come because we, our ladies have been cooking. Imagine cooking a meal that you've never cooked before. But I, I just want to publicly thank our ladies 
They've been making matzo ball soup. They've been making all this Jewish kind of food uh, that we're going to be eating on uh, on Friday night. We're also going to have some good old American brisket too. Uh, but it's going to be great. But we're going to hear some of the symbols of the Lamb and Jesus being the Lamb of God and the four cups that they took and what those four cups represented. Um, and, and by the way, Jesus... Jesus, when he's, in the upper, when he's in the upper room eating the Passover with his disciples, and when he lifts up the cup, he's lifting up the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. And, uh, and, and, and he says, this is my blood that was spilled for you. We're going to go through that and experience that this week uh, when, when we go through the symbol of the Passover. <coughs> he comes riding in a donkey, which is which is a, uh, an animal of peace. Some people wonder why he didn't ride in on a horse because he doesn't come in uh, as, as a king of war, but he comes in as the prince of peace. And Jesus on the cross is going to quote Psalms 22. Psalms 22 begins with the words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some people think that Jesus was just saying, Oh God, where where are you and why have you forsaken me? But that's the first line of Psalms chapter 22. Jesus was quoting to himself that entire psalm. The, The way that you said the title of a song back then is you said the first line. So when he said the first line, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In their minds, every Jewish person in the audience would have known how that psalm went. And he, and he began to quote it. And he, and he quoted these words, Dogs, Surround me. A pack of villains encircle me. Listen to what Jesus is quoting. They pierce my hands and my feet. Thousands of years before before Jesus ever goes to the cross, he's quoting a psalm that says, They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them. They cast lots for my garment. He's quoting a psalm about what they're actually doing at the foot of the cross. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword. My precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lion. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him. But he has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. What is he saying? He's saying, dogs have surrounded me, but I'm praising you. Because he was saying, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. You ever been there? You just felt like you were hemmed in on every side. You just thought you were being surrounded. That psalm says, I'm being surrounded by villains. I'm being surrounded by a pack of dogs. 
psalm doesn't end that way. It ends in praise. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Oh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. You know why Jesus did that? Because that's how he fights his battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I can we stand up. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Yeah, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Yeah, it may look like I'm surrounded. But I'm surrounded by you. Oh, it may look like I'm surrounded, surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight. Somebody came this morning who needed to hear that past performance is not indicative of future results. That whatever the same old, same old has been for you, that whatever rut that you're in, that whatever struggle that you're in, we can praise God for things that participated mysteries that we cannot even imagine. How many know and believe with all of your heart that the best is still yet to come. How many believe that God's word is true, that the latter rain is going to be greater than the former rain? Amen. That God's got great things. God's not finished with you yet. I don't know who you are this morning and need to hear that this morning, but somebody needs to hear this morning that God is not finished with you. And I know I've acted a lot, a little bit crazy this morning, and I know I'm a little bit out of my norm this morning, but I just came here wanting to take a risk this morning and to tell somebody and to maybe shake us a little bit out of our, our, our lackadaisical, same old, same old, just coming and just uh, coming just as we are and leaving just as we were. Let me just tell you, you don't have to leave the way that you came. In Jesus' name, amen. God can do so much more than you can even imagine. God's got great plans for you. Let's just bow our heads right now. And I'm just going to pray over us. Heavenly Father, we just pray right now. We just pray for your people right now. I ask God that you would do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think, God. 
You are a great God. There's no one like you. There's no one beside you, Jesus. Neither is there any rock like our God. You are unprecedented. I pray, Lord God, for any individual here today that's struggling with where they are. Let them believe today, Lord, that the best is yet to come, that you're not finished with us, that you're doing great things, and that the past, Lord, is not going to be indicative of my future. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. It may look 